You are now listening to The Junk and Jam Hour, a live talk radio broadcast, only on Radio Free Brooklyn. And now for your on-air host, Christopher Albert. Oh yes, it is Monday, you are listening to The Junk and Jam Hour, I am your host, Christopher Albert, de la Roa, if you're nasty, uh... Right here on Radio Free Brooklyn, the nonprofit community organization and freeform internet radio station, streaming original content by New York City artists and broadcasters, DJs, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, right here. It is Radio Free Brooklyn's goal, of course, to empower and amplify the otherwise unheard voices within our communities. On the Junkin' Gym Hour, it is my objective to share and highlight the artistic and creative journeys behind of today's some of today's most uh, impressive artists, talented and groundbreaking artists, entrepreneurs and professionals of all kinds, all of whom who work so hard to bring you joy. So I do my best to bring them a little joy. Now, my very special guest is a sister from the city of brotherly love and was once a communications strategist, business administrator and media relations professional before she bravely went back to school to earn her BA in communications from the University of Pennsylvania and a place in the Phi Theta Kappa Honor Society, continuing to surprise herself with what she could further accomplish and achieve. She decidedly committed herself to becoming a filmmaker and media producer after losing her eldest brother to cancer. She found that their mutual love for music and the craft of video production was a great way, perhaps the only way, to cope and deal with the pain of her loss. And so by connecting with others who share the same passion, it has not only helped her to fill that large void her brother left behind, but it has also helped her embark on another bold venture as founder and creative director of the Five Shorts Project with the simple goal of assisting other aspiring filmmakers and playwrights with creating a short film and or stage play from development to production to distribution in five short years. So far, the Five Shorts Project has produced over 30 short films and five stage plays, all written and directed by first-time filmmakers and playwrights, and has assisted over 200 actors, crew, and filmmakers with gaining experience and realizing their own long-held dreams and the accolades of course guys have poured in she is the 2019 recipient of the media arts organization philly cams cami awards for her excellence in collaboration in 2020 five shorts was featured on a philadelphia metro newspaper's front page for its collaboration with the philadelphia film office and the national association of multicultural in communications to spotlight black women filmmakers for black history month all at the very impressive Comcast Center, the Five Shorts Project Film Mentorship Program has also been officially, uh, has also had selections in nine plus local and national film festivals and has garnered over 100,000 and of course counting on their YouTube. Uh, they have those views so far and as a filmmaker herself, because you know she's got to get in there with the camera uh, behind and in front of her film entitled Sometimes I Cry in June about the murder of her youngest brother uh, last June, by the way, 2020, was honored with a 2021 Indie Eye Film Award for Best Documentary, Documentary Short. Uh, 
She's also the honored recipient of the 2020 Art for Change grant presented by the Leeway Foundation, which will fund her other generous media endeavor, Being Me, is a suite of video and film production classes specifically tailored for Black teenage girls focused on increasing the number of Black girls and women behind the camera. So dedicated to the enrichment of others, it is no wonder she was also selected to be an official guest speaker at the 2019 PA Conference for Women, sharing the stage with none other than tennis star and entrepreneur Serena Williams. So incredible. She's also an esteemed advisory board member, excuse us, <laughs> for BFILS. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Um, Innovation Fest, Philly's citywide innovation festival celebrating bright ideas in healthcare, tech, and the arts. Bonus, y'all. She's also a fellow Sag. And that fire burns inside of her. <laughs> the fire that burns inside of her is just as powerful as it is bright. Please, help me welcome award-winning filmmaker, producer, entrepreneur, philanthropist, Phi Theta Kappa Honor Society member, advocate for media education, founder, and creative director of the Black-owned operated film, video, and theater production organization, Five Shorts, as well as Be Me. Most importantly, she's a mother. Miss Shamika L. Sawyer, otherwise known as S.L. Sawyer. Hello, Shamika. Hello, hello. Wow, that intro. I, I need a copy of that. <laughs> <laughs> Done. All recording right now. Just, just you. for you. Um, so you grew up in, in uh, born and raised in Philly. Yep. Anyone ever annoyingly sing back the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air theme song to you? <laughs> of course, you know, um, Will Smith is Philly. So, yeah, definitely. Yes, West Philadelphia, born and raised. Um, yeah. After high school, we have so much to jump into, so we're just going to get into it. After high school, you started a career in business administration, and stop me if I'm wrong, media relations. Was any of that at that time fulfilling in any way for you were you ever left feeling a little bit unchallenged uh yes so i've always been an artist at heart like yeah. a creative so you know you get a nine to five to pay the bills and take care of things but no i was not fulfilled and um well you, you had know, a responsibility your mother of four yeah, yeah, yeah. Luckily, back then I wasn't. <laughs> no. <laughs> it would have been way more challenging, right? But um, yeah, you know, it's just you do what you you think is right, right? Everyone tells you to yes. go ahead and, and find a job and yes. stay more secure. And for me, uh, stable and secure is boring. So I decided to just leap out there and just do my own thing. Yeah, I love that. What what. Like me, because I graduated high school in 1999, <laughs> and I didn't go back until 2015, and I'm going back to school to earn my bachelor's this fall. Um, but you graduated in 95. Mm -hmm. You didn't go back until 2008, 13 years later. Mm -hmm. um, you went to the Community College of Philadelphia. You earned your Associates in Communication and Theater, mm -hmm. which I love. Why was that? What was that catalyst? Obviously, I know you had you know, you were feeling stifled and education can sometimes help. But what was your thinking in going back to school? 
Uh, well, I will always tell other people, my children, you know, go to school, get your education. And I thought about it, like, I only have a high school diploma. I really should, you know, live what I'm preaching. Right. So I decided, yeah, I decided to go back to show everyone, like, it's possible, it's doable. Yeah. You can start over whenever you want to. Right. Um, age is just a number. You know, so that was my main goal, just to show my my kids and other young people that you can do this. You don't have to have a high SAT score or be an honor roll student. There's uh, there's options out there for you, like community college, that where you can go and you can learn just as well as you will learn at a four year university. Yes, and, and still do well. So that was my main uh, catalyst for that. I love that, and um. Now, did you learn anything new about yourself during that time? And obviously, this includes your uh, bachelor's studies as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. <laughs> what I learned was, um, so initially when I started at community college, I was like, I'm just going to go to classes and go home. I don't want to make any friends. Or Surprises do like you. That. And then I ended up... Uh, joining the honor society yes. and you know, all these awesome people and it was like hard for me to go home but i had such a good time just uh, building those new relationships and working with people who had the same goals in mind so when i got to the university of pennsylvania i decided to challenge myself because um the demographic there is totally different from community college so right. where community college you're looking at maybe about 65 percent african-american at the university of pennsylvania you're probably looking at maybe five to ten percent african-american yeah. population so i challenged myself by um just signing up for to be in a theater play and i was selected right. i was chopped i had my own uh radio show gotta be in it to win it yeah, so I just did things that made me step out of my comfort yes. zone just to show people that, yeah, I'm a little bit older, but I still have what it takes. That's right. <laughs> and more. Yeah. Right? Life experience, work experience. <laughs> um, what about the art of filmmaking, um, mm -hmm. you know, music, video that captivated you so much? So I come from a, a musical family. My father and my uncle sing in the 70s soul group Blue Magic. So yeah, so music was like in my blood, right? But I'm not good at it. <laughs> like I think I can sing, but yeah, I wouldn't sing for you guys. <laughs> Only at karaoke. I will sing a karaoke. I love karaoke. But but, but an innate that. appreciation and joy for music. So um, when I was younger with my older brother, we used to always make like funny, well, funny tapes back then. We didn't have a video camera. Right, right. Cassette tape. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I was, like dating myself, but <laughs> we would like uh, record little funny skits and stuff like that. Then when we got older, we would do videos and um, yeah, that like increased my passion and love for filmmaking and video production but when i lost my brother to cancer right. um i was at a point where i was trying to figure out how to deal with those emotions yes. and i felt really alone 
So I decided one day I had this meetup group, you know, meetup. I had a meetup group for actors in Philadelphia. And I decided to host a meetup and ask those who came if they would be interested in making some short films. I love so, that. Let, let, yeah. Let's, I'm, I'm going to catch up to you real quick. Okay. Um, and catch our audience up. Uh, I, I love, you know, when we dedicate the time to talk about the people we love. And let me tell you, I get it. You know, just as someone who is has been so blessed to love so many people, unfortunately, the other side to that is the chances of losing some of them along the way is high as well, especially if you love so many. Um, but your older, oldest brother, Wendell Sawyer Jr., um, did pass away of cancer 2011. And as you said, he was part of your inspiration, right? And you guys did all these amazing things. But now... Before diving into five shorts, mm-hmm. you did have to suddenly just take on this such a big role. I know I'm unfortunate to talk about it. Um, you know, of being now, because you had another brother, of this, now you were suddenly thrust into being the elder sibling, <laughs> right? Right. Did that leave any kind of pressure or an anxiety for you like oh my god what am i going to do with my life or what kind of role model do i want to be from here on it did um you know when i my older brother was alive i felt like i had that one person i can always yeah you know so i didn't have to take on all the responsibility myself um even in my own life i can always call my older brother and just throw excuses at him (laughs) and he'll say it's okay yeah exactly (laughs) losing that um was hard because i was still at the university of pennsylvania when he passed away so i was um in a really dark space Mm. and i was thinking about like not completing school i was because i couldn't really focus um right my oldest brother was my best friend you know he was my first friend ever you know so to to lose that one person that you know regardless of what you drive yeah that you will have that person's behind you to hold you up and and keep you going it was really really difficult so um yeah i did have to take on a role of being the older sibling now and and that made me feel more responsible for my younger brother and to be a better role model for him yeah yeah and that's that's really when you say you know it could go one way or the other right and you have a decision to make right this this little fork in the road um, which I love. Uh, so, so now you you started this meeting, this meetup group. Mm-hmm. You know something that brought you joy with your brother. You wanted to bring to others, right. and of course for yourself, right? Because we all learn from each other, right? So um, this led to um, you founding Five Shorts Project, black owned, operated film, video, and theater production organization. Um, five projects, five short projects for our listeners, uh, filmmaking projects that assist individuals with creating a short film from development to distribution participants of the project, uh, do not to have, they don't have to have any experience, right? Right. They come, um, to five shorts projects and they learn how to make a short film from beginning to end. Why (laughs) such a profound 
project. What made you want to involve yourself in the fruition of other people's artwork? Well, um, it started out with uh, just a couple of us getting together and making short films. Uh, as we begin to grow, well, the project began to grow, more people will come up to me and ask, like, how do you do this? Like, what's the steps? I'm like, I want to do this. I have an idea, but I don't know where to start. I don't have any equipment. So I decided to transition the project from just being people who know how to make short films, creating short films, right. to teaching people to do this. Why do I do this? Um, I hate to say it. I just love to help people see who they can be yes. if they really just give themselves a chance. Right. Just throw all of the negative Noise. talk, you know, I'm not smart enough, I'm too right. old, it's over right. for me, my time has passed. I love to challenge them with that and say, hey, listen, you can do this. I'm going to show you how. Throw everything else you thought about yourself out the window. Let's start from scratch. Right. Let's start right. from your idea and work through it until we have a short film. And uh, just seeing their responses once they see their work on a big screen and all the actors that they were able to help get some type of IMDb credit. Right. It's just like amazing just to see all that come come to fruition and just to show them that you have it. Just don't don't doubt yourself. You right. have everything that it takes. Everyone, yeah. everyone has something Mm -hmm. special and important to say to the world and let's figure what right. that what that is right um so now you have you do describe yourself as a servant to yeah. others um to teach others how to use their voices in a unique way which you do um you help others get over their fears or hesitations of starting their films as, as you've discussed i always love the saying stays in my just start from where you are right right um has there ever been a moment, we love peeling back some layers, that you yourself, you know, and and, and, and we talked about dishing it, right? And, and, and we talked earlier about school, right? Telling other people to go. Have you self-doubted yourself at any moment about your abilities to run five shorts projects, right? Did you ever... Did anything ever keep you from possibly uh, achieving five shorts or continuing it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's always. <laughs> you know, it's always a struggle. Um, the thing is with film, there's like two separate audiences. There's the audience mm. that loves it for the entertainment does not care about any of the technical stuff can care less just right. wants to be entertained. and then there's the other side who knows all the technical stuff and can point Audio, out everything video that shots right? angles lighting oh, exactly and so uh, <laughs> makeup hair acting yes, skill whatever um, music continuity continuity you know. yes <laughs> and, like, you know, and uh you at times you're just like okay am i enough like do i know enough um am i as immersed in filmmaking as i believe i am right um, and you you question that because 
I'm at a point where I'm teaching others how to do this. Yeah. Am I doing this right? Am I teaching them correctly? Am I teaching them everything? And of course, I'm not able to teach them everything in the, the time span that we have. But is it enough to where their films can stand up to other films in the same genre and all of that stuff? So I always question that, but I always get a reality check when some of our films end up right. as official selections. Like even my short documentary about my brother, I didn't feel like it was like the documentary because it was so personal to me. And I you shot it in your basement. Yeah. Right. I and we're going to talk about that about, too. But yeah. Yeah. So I wasn't really focused on all of the glitz and glamour of right. the documentary. I just wanted to have this intimate moment with my brother um, after his passing. So I did submit it to festivals and shockingly it got into quite a few it didn't make it into all of them but every time yes. i got it so I you know that. yes you know yeah. what let's mm -hmm. you brought it up let's talk about uh alan taylor yes uh your youngest brother musician hip-hop artist founder of the bout mind t-shirt line most importantly again a father uh too much shy of being a grandfather um, don't let that fool you guys. Let me tell you, he was gorgeous. Um, I would call him a gilf, right? Grandfather. Um, also caretaker yes. to your mother. Yeah. Um, you, after, you know, one day he's at home, he left home that, that, that your mother and him shared. Um, he went to a nearby store where he was sadly murdered shot in the head pronounced dead um on arrival yeah. six days shy of his 35th birthday a story we hear so often right in our community yeah. no have has any arrest been made since uh the article no okay um that was the write-up by the way in the philadelphia inquirer mm -hmm. let's start there why don't we celebrate alan a little bit Tell us a little bit about your brother, what he meant to you and your family. Yeah, so my brother, he had a larger than life personality. Um, yeah, he was just very outgoing. But what a lot of people didn't know about him is that um, he wasn't as, I guess, street as people thought he was because he was a hip hop rap artist yeah. so they thought like he was like gangster many many so, many of us are we're all dorks we're all nerds right <laughs> we just right. all find our own joy in whatever it is right right so he was not that person he was very giving very loving will give you the shirt off his back if you needed it you know so yeah, he was just an amazing person. And I I will say that he was not perfect. You know, none of us are. <laughs> Who wins? Cast um, that first stone. He, right. <laughs> but he was my little brother. He was my heart. He still yeah. is my heart. You know. Yeah, it, it was just really, um, really tough uh, yes. with his murder. Simply because he was murdered. And it was different from my older brother who passed away from natural causes. So his his murder was uh, very challenging. Yes, and, and and so let's talk about then um, 
sometimes I cry in June. By the way, as you said, accepted into several film festivals. Also the recipient of Indie Eye Film Awards 2021 winner. Yes, that came as a shock. Like I submitted it after I talked to a friend, Caramel Jones. I was telling her like, I don't think right. I should put this film out anymore because I don't want people to think I'm trying to uh, capitalize off of his murder with uh, making this film and trying to push my career forward because it totally wasn't about that. And she said to me, she was like, you know what? What would your brother say? Right. And I was like, yeah, he would say, you know what? Who cares what anybody else Well, thinks? I want to ask you this, right? Mm-hmm. Because I, I did read that. You know, you were a little hesitant to, you know, put... Because it really, whether it's about you or outside, you know, you're looking at it from someone else's perspective and not... with your own intuition about it which you were starting to and then you started questioning it right right um were you feeling guilt about maybe the possible success that you might have from telling his story because success could also mean it touches others you know Mm -hmm. other people are receiving his story you're sharing his story about his life and of course his murder right right or were you feeling guilty that you maybe wished you could have done something together and he could have been a part of it. Yeah. So it's more of the latter. Yeah. Um, we were working on um, a short documentary about him. Um, anyway. Just, yeah. When he was alive, because I just felt like he was such a personality that people needed to, <laughs> to meet him and see him and uh, hear his story. So, um, yeah, we were working on something. Um, just gathering up footage uh, about over the, the span of a year. Um, and then uh, we put it on pause for a little bit because uh, it seemed like he was dealing with something that I wasn't too sure about. Um, and uh, so we kind of stopped for a moment and then my life went on. Yeah. Sometimes you have to give people their space. They're not ready to yeah. receive right. whatever it is. Position. Right. I didn't want to push him into doing anything that he wasn't ready for. So I was like, you know, whenever you're ready, we can start back up. And he was murdered. So again, I turned to what I knew, which was filmmaking. Like I did. With yeah. My- I mean, you used, as, as the write-up said, you used this familiar tool of yours mm-hmm. as a coping mechanism, which you did again. Right. right? right. And it's right. also It's so, it's, it's such a loving dedication of not just the Five Shorts project, which we could always say it, it's in part dedication to Wendell, right? Right. But now you have this winning film that right. that we can dedicate to Alan. And, and you've also had to be prepared in both instances to be vulnerable and sharing and giving during this time also of grieving right you know to take on such these big endeavors making a film itself is big (laughs) uh yet to do so while you're grieving while you're in pain um you know i just can't imagine that why was it important for you to share this story during this tragic time because you could have waited you know and you also was mindful to ensure that your mother was a part of it 
Yeah, so before I actually put it out there, I struggled with doing so because I'm really not that forthcoming about my life. I'm I'm pretty private about right. what goes on in my life. And so I was like, I don't know if I want everybody to know exactly all of this detail about our relationship and you know what happened to him and all of that. But then I thought about how when a person is murdered, especially um, through the gun violence, you know, the media will focus on it for a, a second to just to, you know, no, just say, you know, on the news, this, yes. this murder. And, 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 and let's be frank here, when it's mm-hmm. a black male. <laughs> right. They really don't get What did he do to, yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. You know, what did he do? And if it's other black men involved who did it, oh, he was associated with them. Right. Mm -hmm. That type of thing. And so I'm thinking about all the other families who are going through the same thing, thinking what I'm thinking that, uh, no, my brother was not uh, this image that you may think he was. I want to show you exactly who he was. This is who he was. And this is how this incident impacted our family and the fact that there are so many families going through this and we will never get over this so this is a lasting thing and i wanted people who were thinking about doing committing a murder and hurting someone to really think about how that impacts the families and you really don't see a lot of media around what the impact is on the family yes it's always the aftermath it's always the dust after Mm -hmm. the dust settles the cameras Mm -hmm. turn off right the spotlight is somewhere else onto the next big whatever event and you rarely hear from the siblings you know you'll probably hear from the mom because like you they still they, they deserve their privacy one right but there's it's still a lot to deal with and and it, it and not everyone is ready for for the attention and right. not everyone is ready once that attention is off right right so for me i just wanted to just shed some light on how these situations impact the families um impact me as a sister because yeah. as i mentioned before i was his older sister so i felt like i dropped the ball because i'm like i i feel like i was responsible to make sure that he was okay and that yeah things like this don't happen but then you know it's like how could i have known this was going to happen i really didn't know There's anything no way. about anything um but it still hurt the same I just felt like, wow, what did I do? What did I not see? What was I not paying attention to Mm. that I could have changed? But now... In this instance, yes, there was nothing. Yeah, there's nothing, you know, but, you know... Well, I'm... First of all, thank you so much for being so open and sharing and and, and giving of not just your story, but of your family's story. Um, I want to ask you this because in terms of black lives, mm-hmm. not just mattering, you know, to those who feel like a certain shade of skin color <laughs> makes, you know, people inferior, but to those that maybe it should matter to most, which, you know, which is other black and brown folk, right? As, and, and then of course, as, um, 
Our, our good friend Shantae always reminds me, um, you know, skin folk isn't always kin folk. But, That's true. <laughs> um, but you know, and, and just recently, seven people were shot, three left in critical condition in Philadelphia. Right. Do you suppose, and just your opinion, uh-huh. um, black men aren't they don't always value themselves or don't even always value each other, one another, because it's exactly what society wanted them to feel, right? It's it's just set up. It's in society. There's a school-to-jail pipeline. <laughs> How can art, and, and, and you spoke about this, but I want to know maybe a little deeper. How can art specifically, you know, you do filmmaking, mm-hmm. help showcase the fact that you know we are worthy we are all worthy of respect we are all worthy of life and we are all valuable yeah i think when of course the world is telling you you're not (laughs) right right i think the key is number one keeping the narrative in our hands right because it's our story and a lot of the times you know in the past um either certain types of films were widely distributed because it is it coincided with a specific narrative that um um systemically needed to go out to keep others oppressed but i think as more uh, people of color become more in charge of the production companies and putting out this content we can definitely change that narrative it doesn't yes. have to stay the same but it's up to us to do it. Like we cannot depend on someone else to tell our stories. We have to tell our stories because we live these stories. So I think training more people, giving them access to the tools and knowledge to do this will also help build that that foundation of changing how young black men perceive themselves, how young black women perceive right. themselves as well. Right. Like I think we spend too much time especially in the media on like all the negative stuff, you know, and there's a lot of us out here that are doing positive things that are doing great things for our communities. But those stories aren't the stories that's going to garner the attention that the media needs for their viewers. So to to feed whatever that narrative is. Exactly. That stereotype that's been sold over and over and over again. Exactly. So I think we definitely have to put more funding and attention behind our own stories. Yes. So we can build these platforms to get them out there. Yes. So people can see that we are not all one person. Yes. Which you, know? which you do so amazingly. I want to go back to Five Shorts Project. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things, the first of all, for those of you listening, again, this could also be you. You could be a filmmaker if you are ready to take the next step to making your film. Find out more at www.fiveshorts.org. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> now, one of the things you offer, you offer. Um, I don't want to say. I don't want to say students, right? I guess just prospective filmmakers. Yeah, right. Whatever. Just claim it. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure you have them claim it anyway. Once they walk through mm-hmm. that door, script writing classes. You underscore that there is no intimidation you know beginners only you know Mm -hmm. they'll be with others if if do you have intermediate classes as well do you 
pair them I up? I'm planning to offer them later, but I don't as of now. Yeah. You you say, you know, anyone coming in, they'll have a five-page script when they finish the class for those prospective screenwriters, filmmakers mm-hmm. who are black. And I guess this goes back to what we're talking to, people of other colors and identities, women, mm-hmm. filmmakers as well, all of whom, again, who were brought up perhaps... Um, what's the word I want to use? Maybe acclimatized <laughs> to <laughs> cinema that hasn't always told their stories, right? Right. I can't imagine, no matter what you say to them, it still can be intimidating. Oh, um, yeah. How do you convince, you know, these margin once marginalized voices that their work belongs? Yes. I mean, because you have to coach them through too. <laughs> so it, it can feel um, a little intimidating once you are in the first class and you start to learn all of the different um, parts of making a, a script for a film. But I think what works is number one, I'm a woman. Yes. I'm a black woman. So people feel a little bit more comfortable. They don't feel as intimidated as they would be um, with someone who does not look like them or does not uh, share like the same yes. values as they do. So I'm able to... I think people are more now so, and I hear it all the time, especially without we're seeking therapy as well. We're more demanding. No, we want right. to be in, in where we recognize one another. Right, right. And so I think um, just creating that comfortable atmosphere like my classes, I'm serious, but we have fun. Yes, we laugh, we you have know. to. Yeah, enjoy you the know, process. It's not like, <laughs> do this, do that, and do that. And <laughs> I don't do any of that. We talk through everything. We talk about emotions. We'll even talk about life. You know, if that makes them feel more comfortable, and um, maybe they just need to get something off their chest. Right. We'll talk about that. So I think because they feel like they're in a comfortable, safe environment to speak how they feel. That's what works. It, it helps them to really like dive deep into formatting their scripts and turning their ideas. So you don't just promote inclusivity, but you also promote creative freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, yet, you know, there's a difference between being subversive and provocative and just mm-hmm. straight out crass. <laughs> right. right? right. Uh, do you ever have to sit down and advise any of your five short uh, filmmakers or participants that maybe parts of their film or maybe you know some of the dialogue can maybe be perceived as insulting or inappropriate maybe you should try a different viewpoint or dialogue i mean you don't want to stifle anyone's creativity mm-hmm. but <laughs> dot 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 because i yes definitely <laughs> I, I do um I just uh, try to get people to think about their audience. Right. And who they're talking. The lasting impression of it. Right. Because there's an audience for all types of films, right? You got your Quentin Tarantino audience, and then you have your Steven Spielberg, then you have your Ava DuVernay, your Issa Rae. So everyone has like a different audience, right? But my question to them is like, what is your long-term goal? Because if you're going to stick with like a niche uh, Tarantino type of audience, then that's fine. But that's not for five shorts. 
because with five shorts it's about uh showing yeah it's about showing that we have stories that we want to bring to the forefront but not necessarily stories that are offensive or derogatory or anything like that we want to show people that we are creative and we are not just one type of creative um but also we want to be sure that everyone that watches what we present that they feel comfortable yeah. that they don't feel like someone is uh being negative towards them or stereotypical yes. so you can yeah. handle any topic with humor yes with fun w- right. with seriousness with vigor mm-hmm. with passion mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. still get that message across exactly it, some things just need some fine tuning right um i love that um, that was actually one of my questions here and you just mentioned, I'm like, or do you just tell people sometimes this platform is not for you? So thank you for answering that <laughs> real quickly. Um, first of all, I want to say, um, I didn't mention this earlier because, you know, you are a, an award-winning now filmmaker <laughs> and you are not alone. You now join the ranks of other black award-winning filmmakers, Spike Lee, John Singleton, Ava DuVernay, as you mentioned, Tyler Perry, Barry Jenkins, Julie Dash, I mean, Antoine Fuqua, we just don't have the time, right? Right, Dee Reese, Victoria Mahoney, we could go on, Jordan Peele, and of course now Regina King. (laughs) We all love that, all in good company. One I want to mention real quickly, Kathleen Collins. For those of us who don't know who Kathleen Collins is, she's she was an African-American poet, playwright, writer, filmmaker, director, civil rights activist, and educator from Jersey City. So our neighbors, a neighbor. Um, she had two feature narratives, The Cruz Brothers and Miss Malloy and Losing Ground. And she was been credited for furthering the range of black women's directed films. She wrote her first play, her first screenplay in 1971. Um, one of the things she complained about, of course, was that nobody would give any money to a black woman <laughs> to direct a film. Um, and, and she said it was probably one of the most discouraging things. So she had to find a way through. I just say that because, you know, it's a big gift you're, you're giving others when it's such a world that's so used to, we're just so used to knows. Yeah. What were some of the challenges you yourself had to face or, or help others to overcome, especially as a black female filmmaker? Um, so I would say uh, working behind the camera, um, there there are people who feel like women may not have the same um, knowledge about mm-hmm. working I was behind the camera. Like idiots. <laughs> you know, so it's been times where people right. will try to explain like depth the field, and I'm like. I already know what that is. Yeah. So, <laughs> and they say, oh, you know, like the blurry background. I'm like, I already know that. So just going through. Um, Power trips, of- egos. Yes. Your um, proficiency is often underestimated simply because of your gender. Pretty much. Pretty much. Um, and then too, you know, just uh, cinematography, you know, uh, like I mentioned about my, the documentary about my brother, that it was not per se like the the grandiose yeah you know short documentary it was just intimate and then um to have people like criticize like oh you should have did this or maybe this and this so it's it just something to say 
I know. And then I want to. <laughs> it's for you. Maybe I did something okay. And, and, <laughs> and you know, that's something that, you know, that is valuable. That mm-hmm. you are someone who's teaching media, production, and filmmaking, who's going through exactly what your students are going through as well. Right. So maybe right. for you, sometimes it might cause you a little anxiety. <laughs> But it's actually valuable because, you know, we're going through this together. Our teacher is going through this firsthand. We can get through this as well. And, of course, the one thing that we all learn the hard way is that it's only ourselves, our own, that we should be comparing ourselves to, right? That's right. That's right. Um, Which I love. I mean, it's been five years, right? Where are my notes? I've got it right here. 30 shorts, five stage plays, awards, film festivals, write-ups, features. Are you happy with the success of five shorts so far? I am. I am. I'm very happy about it because of the filmmakers for them, because they really thought that this was something that they would not be able to do in their lifetime. They thought time had passed for them and to be able to help them see that that it has not. I'm more excited about that than anything. Yes. What would you suppose uh, Wendell would think of it? Oh, he would have been ecstatic. He would have been right here with me if he was here today. Uh, Yeah, it would have been definitely a a partnership between he and I. And yeah, he I know he's looking down and I know he sees me. He's like, go ahead, sis. Keep going. Just keep going. Yes. Don't don't stop. Because there's times where I'm just like, you know what? I... <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> that, that you had a post on 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 Instagram that touched me just this weekend, Cicely Tyson. Yes. And you know, it happens to all of us. Like, oh my god, what am I doing this for? So much work, and and I, you know. But this this what we're doing right now for me is is the payback. This is. Right. This is the fruit of it all. <laughs> right, right. Because you're providing a platform for people yes. like me. But we work so hard to get and attain this platform. Yeah. Don't let, you know, don't let yourself get fooled by what those, ne- you know, we're always planning what that next step is. And of course, we right. always have inboxes full of no's of things that we've applying to. Right. <laughs> but still be grateful of the things we've acquired so far. Right. One of the things I want to go back to Kathleen Collins, because one of the, her first films, she, uh, the Cruz brothers, it chronicled the adventures of three Puerto Rican brothers scraping by while contending with the ghost of their dead father. She said that making a film, uh, you know, it, about a subject regarding, you know, a Latino subject bothered some critics. And we were just talking about criticism, right? Mm-hmm. But okay. she felt she needed to distance herself for her first film from her own experiences to tell someone else's story when asked later in life if she thought that black black and women filmmakers had an obligation to address issues relating to race and gender she replied i think you have an even greater obligation to deal with your own obsessions as a filmmaker and artist what do you think she meant by that Mm, that that's that's deep right well i want to i want to share something that you shared 
Okay. And then we'll talk about that instead because it, it correlated to me. On Instagram, you made a post, even if the movie was made, but you think it should have been done differently, make your version. Right. Why not? Make it for yourself. Don't worry about what anyone else thinks. Challenge yourself. Do it for you. Maybe well, extrapolate I- on that. <laughs> well, um, I think a lot of the times we will sit back and we'll watch and we'll just give our opinion and our judgments. And it's like, well, you know, if you have a, a different take on this, make it. Do it yourself. Like, don't look for or point the finger at someone else to do it. Yes. You have all the power yeah. and skill in yourself. You can learn how to do it. You can learn how to make films online. So learn how to do it and just make it yourself. Yeah. Challenge yourself. Instead of just being a a, a voice of uh, criticism, get out there and do it. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of um, being a filmmaker, media producer, you have now found the time to dedicate not just to adults, (laughs) but to young black girls. I want to talk a little bit about being me, being me, uh, careers behind the camera is a free hands-on workshop series for high school girls to learn how to operate video production equipment and of course this is just going in alignment with just black women being at the helm of telling their own stories now right um this workshop series uh exposes students to all aspects of video production participants of the series collectively make a short documentary that will premiere on youtube they receive gift cards for their participation they receive brunch at all the workshops uh the four part were um workshop series um has it started yet no yes it has oh yay that's right yeah, oh, so so we're in the middle of it yes we are yeah uh so so tell us a little bit about being me and why was it important for you to specifically cater the program to these young black girls um well i feel like again if we want to control the narrative, we have to control the narrative. So we have to learn how to uh, produce films, yes. how to produce media that shows a different side of what it means to be a black girl or a black woman. So Why it was start important. early. Yeah, it was for, important for me to do this because a lot of the programs that I did see out there were expensive. You know, right. for, for teenagers, not accessible, you know, um, not based on race, but just teenagers who wanted to do this. And I thought about black girls and I was like, well, I'm pretty sure there's a group of black girls who want to do this, but probably uh, don't have the resources to do so. So I would like to give them this information, train them and do all this for free and feed them to show them that there are people who are out there who are rooting for them and want them to win. And if I can be a part of that that group that's ushering in uh, these phenomenal young men, women who will become, you know, phenomenal filmmakers in the future, then I'm, I'm here for it. That's really, you know, why I wanted to do it because I felt like black girls needed it. Yes. And, and specifically about black girls, I want to talk about... Um, how, first of all, how is the program going? It's now that you're in the middle of it. So well. Oh my gosh, it's going so well. Um, this past Saturday, we we 
recorded our first uh, half of the interviews because they're making a short documentary about their lives. Um, and they picked the subject matter that they Why would you know? About. Yeah. And oh man, is it was just wonderful watching them operate the cameras and figuring out what job they like best, whether it's directing or producing or being in front of the camera. So yeah, it, I felt like a proud mom. <laughs> God bless you, Shamika. Um, which you are. What do your children think about everything you're you're accomplishing? Uh, they just think I'm busy and I. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, I cannot do everything. No. <laughs> I do want to shout out Caramel Jones. She's been helping me with the BME project. Hey, Caramel Jones. Started. So thank you so much, Caramel. <laughs> but yeah, no, <laughs> I can't do everything, but they think I can. <laughs> um, so so now going back real quickly, you're, you had your own five short, You, I think there's more than one, but one specifically, a short film you created under the five shorts umbrella entitled The Interview. I believe tells your own experience, right? Did you find <laughs> about being on the receiving end of other people's bias and discrimination mm-hmm. from another sister, actually? Mm-hmm. Um, simply because your name sounded too ghetto, right, Shamika? Yeah. Yep. Has anyone ever flat out told you that your name was, you know, a hindrance? To your success no one has flat out told me that but the implications were there yeah um when i mentioned that i graduated from the university of pennsylvania they will often say oh penn state no the university of pennsylvania yeah. so it's like you can't go to an ivy league university not not shamika they're not right. going to accept shamika but uh, you know, I just love proving people wrong. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that's it's, what I do. <laughs> I mean, I know, but just to even go through that is such a time uh-huh. waster, right? You have to explain yourself away yeah. when your credentials could just be taken at face value. Yeah. Why I mean, waste pretty, our time here? <laughs> I'm pretty sure there were plenty of jobs that I applied to that I did not yeah. call back because my name is Shamika. And when I was working in customer service way back when, uh, a, a white man said to me, Shamika, all these African names. Oh. And I'm like, Shamika is not even an African right. name. It's perfect. <laughs> you know, so, you know, just dealing with those things. Yes. I'm like, wow, if you really got a chance to, to meet me and know me, you would think I'm a pretty awesome person, but you're judging me on my name and it's, it's just ridiculous. Well, I guess I bring this up because I can't imagine the joy the little girls of being me feel when not only someone who respects who they are, regardless of their name, but knows how to pronounce it. Yep. And aren't most importantly, you're not going to make ridiculous assumptions. Right. Right. Everyone's allowed. And be proud right. of your name. Right. That's why it's so important for uh, more people of color to be in leadership positions. Right. Right. We're, we've, yeah. we've grown up for a long time. Teachers, police officers, judges, you name it. All these people in that we are told you're a mother. You tell your children to respect authority mm-hmm. outside of their home when they're not in your care. Obviously, you're the authority at home. Right. But so much of the authority don't doesn't look. Right. Doesn't look like exactly. us. Exactly. Exactly. 
and we have to change that we really do I love that. Now, your life, one of your lifelong dreams. Of course, we're running out of time. Time goes by so fast. I know. Shamika, <laughs> thank you so much for sharing just your incredible story and 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 being so giving with the story. Um, and and for anyone who wants to find out about Five Shorts and about uh, Shamika Sawyer, do you just go by SL? <laughs> You know why I went by SL? Because of the name. <laughs> well, we're going to probably call you Shamika Sawyer. Yeah, you can find out all about her at Five Shorts, www.fiveshorts.org. That's the number five, S-H-O-R-T-S dot org. Um, if you want for more information, you can hit her up, email her info at fiveshorts.org. More information on Facebook, also uh, Five Shorts Project, as well as Instagram, Five Shorts Project. All of the films they've created so far on YouTube. The Five Shorts Project. There. One of your lifelong dreams, Shmika, was to play music. Obviously, it's been embedded. It's been ingrained in your family. You recently um, finally accomplished something you always wanted to do. You purchased a guitar. I did. And I'm so looking forward to learning how to play it. <laughs> <laughs> but you're strumming. Are you learning any chords? Maybe one chord or two? because I'm editing films. But Yes, so much to do. Films, I am practicing on a guitar. I always wanted one. I always wanted to be like the, the hippie looking woman with the... <laughs> with a guitar in a it. bar and a dive bar playing uh, yeah that yeah i want to do that that's on a bucket list you are <laughs> a true testament of what you can do in the face of not just adversity but of pain that we all yeah. go through mm-hmm. and and how that can manifest into something beautiful because now you have something to dedicate to those people you love i do um for everything we do here you guys can Find out about us on RadioFreeBrooklyn.com uh, for everything I do at JunkinJam.com. Thank you so very much. Thank you. Shamika Sawyer. Oh my God, the time flies by so fast. I know. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, for you guys at home, just have a rest of, you know, a blessed day. You know, we, we, we only get one life. Do what you want, when you want. There's no waiting for tomorrow. Tomorrow's never promised. And you're just as worthy and you belong just as anyone else. This episode and all episodes of the Junk and Jam Hour can be streamed on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeart Podcasts, Google Play Music, and simply tell Alexa, play the Junk and Jam Hour. Thank you.